Osterlink here, and with Constitutional Scholar Bruce Fine for another episode of Fine Wisdom. That's hashtag Fine, F-E-I-N, Wisdom. Morning, Bruce. Hey, nice to be with you again, Michael. So we're at the uh, end of May 2015, yeah. and uh, war bells are ringing, mm. uh, possibly with China. Yeah. Uh, talk about what is happening both on the American side mm. and the Chinese response to it, and where we are heading, possibly, and where we should be heading. Yeah. Well, you can see that you know a war with China is coming, and it's inevitable with our empire psychology, Michael. And it really goes back to, I believe, 2011, where then-Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, with President Obama's uh, support, declared a so-called pivot to Asia, so that we're going to uh, reorient uh, many of our battleships and uh, deployment of troops and Marines to Asia, out of the, the Middle East area. And it was clearly an attempt to contain or encircle China as it grows certainly economically and it's contributing to expand militarily. Uh, but the fact is all great powers try to have their sphere of influence and that uh, we don't necessarily applaud aggression but we're really as the United States to defend United States interests and the United States. Um, and there are all sorts of historical grievances that the Chinese have against the Japanese and, and others and, and vice versa to be candid. Uh, warfare has been the you know, the North Star of the species since the beginning of time. But the fact is we shouldn't be going to war for other people's, you know, liberty. They have to fight for their own, uh, and we're here to protect ourselves. And I want to underscore, again, that's not to suggest that an American who wants to volunteer what they think is a good side, go ahead and do that. But the government of the United States constitutionally is limited to protecting us. We pay the taxes, we obey the laws, we elect the government, we owe our allegiance to the United States. But going back to that pivot to Asia, you know, since that time, you know, the Chinese clearly have viewed the United States, and I think it's clear we are trying to encircle them. You know, we now have Marines that uh, rotate through every six months in Australia, in Darwin. Uh, there are talk about deploying B-51 uh, bombers uh, in Australia, and out-and-out -out testimony before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee a short while ago, uh, although it was later retracted, said it's to, to uh, prevent China from so-called destabilizing the region, which is just a euphemism saying doing things that we don't like. And now we have a situation where there are two, I think, uh, uh, points of uh, potential uh, explosiveness. One is the what's called in the East China Sea. The Japanese have claimed the so-called Senkaku Islands. They're uninhabited. Uh, but they're tiny islands and, and human beings fight over pieces of dirt no matter how ridiculous. And the United States is committed to defending Japan's claim to the Senkaku Islands, the Chinese claim it's part of their territory, and have uh, stated from time to time recently that there should be no aircraft that are flying over and uh, naval ships uh, entering certain waters that the Chinese claim. We've defied that, uh, those claims. The Chinese have objected, but it hasn't resulted in actual you know, military conflict, but where it's becoming even more heated is in the South China Sea, where there are islands in which the Chinese are building, you know, runways, they're clearly building uh, uh, buildings on uh, the islands to try to strengthen their claim to territorial control in 12-mile or 200-mile economic zones. And uh, accompanying these movements, uh, the Chinese have, say, they put uh, multiple independent targeted warheads on their uh, their intercontinental uh, missiles that have nuclear tip capability. They're building a, what we call a blue water navy, uh, they have aircraft carriers that they're constructing, and they most recently issued a defense statement, nobly announcing that they would be much more ambitious in their maritime operations than just defending the coast. Uh, you could ask, well, why are the Chinese being so, you know, belligerent? Well, 
It's like other countries. They feel that they've been you know, suppressed for long centuries, encroachments by the West, similar that held to the Boxer Rebellion in 1900, and they will fight just for their amor propria. And then we ask us, well, why is it so important to us whether you know, China controls the South China Sea or whether Brunei makes a claim and now the Philippines wants our aid over the South China Sea? You know, it's, it's simply not in our national security interest to fight other people's wars. If we go back historically, I say, their grievances you can cock between all countries and all times and places. And it's really quite unfortunate that we're going to be expanding. Again, this is going to be a, more than a, there was, we had spent $6 trillion in Afghanistan and, and Iraq alone in China. And that $6 trillion is probably multiplied by 10. They got one and a half billion people. <laughs> Uh, so the idea that, that you know, we're going to be engaged in armed conflict with China is preposterous on our side, but in a say, unless the, the psychology changes, you can see that coming. It was just yesterday that a spokesman for the defense ministry in China actually said war, he used the word war, was inevitable if the United States was insistent on preventing China from expanding its presence in the South China Sea Islands. Uh, and uh, all I can say is that Unless the Congress, you know, flashes uh, uh, sunshine on this issue, holds hearings, and we have a serious discussion of what are our interests there, we're really going to go to war? Can't we protect them? Uh, whether or not, you know, China expands, uh, do we really want to have a defense commitment to Japan over the Senkaku Islands, uninhabited islands where there are disputed claims? You know, why are we risking our men and women when those old countries should be defending their own interests if they can do so? And I don't think it makes any sense, really, to say, well, just because China's a big country, they automatically can gobble up all of their neighbors. If that were true, we would have won the Vietnam War, because we were real big and Vietnam was small, right? And we got whipped. It wasn't like a close question. And the Chinese themselves uh, invaded Vietnam in 1979 and were rebuffed sharply. Uh, you know, if you have uh, devoted people who are loyal to a government that's a good government, uh, you will win. The, the Israelis. Uh, defeated 100 million Arabs in 1948 after they were attacked in the aftermath of their independence uh, voted by the United Nations. Uh, but I want to say, underscore, here's another example where you can just see day by day uh, the encroachments, the encirclement of China. And again, I'm not trying to defend China as being uh, some kind of superior altruistic country. It isn't. But it's like every other country. You know, it has their interests. And we just need to be smart and make sure that we defend our interests and just don't squander our energy and lives in this hopeless exercise of world conquest and domination. So let's for the moment put aside Japanese claims or the Filipino claims for particular islands mm -hmm. in conflict with the Chinese and say that it's none of our business, as you suggest, it's between China and Japan or China and the Philippines. How about concern of open and free shipping lanes? that China, by moving itself outward, might, might be able to restrict shipping, international that, shipping. That, that hurts China. I mean, what they, they get as much of more by international trade than the United States does. So why would they shoot themselves in the foot? And the fact is, even if it compromises our, the maximum, if you will, economic uh, prosperity of the United States, that's not a cause for war. The Suez Canal was shut down, too for a long period of time. You know, some shipping lanes got, got clogged, if you will. So we're going to go to war over that. We can deplore the fact that, uh, you know, we don't have maximum economic prosperity, but that's not the glory of our country. We need to remember the glory of the United States is liberty, not domination and control, and it's not per capita income. You know, liberty, uh, due process of law, uh, toleration, you know, the search for truth without ulterior motives, as John Quincy Adams, you know, our march is the march of the mind. 
the march of wisdom and virtue, not the march of the foot soldier, as what we want to leave our footprints in the sands of time. And so my response is, so what? Even if it shuts down sea lanes and the economy contracts a little tiny, we're not going to war over that. I can guarantee you the cost of war would vastly dwarf you know, the economic injury because of sea lanes being shut. Bruce, you have a website where people find more of your work? Uh, my website is www.brucefinelaw.com, and you'll find a collection of my writings and slogans and epigrams there. Cool. Thanks, Bruce.